is Express FM. Supported by City of Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! Oh, a wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey provide the reaction we were hoping for, bouncing back from their first league defeat of the season with immediate effect. John Messina saying, go, go, go. Kamara, right wing. Only one option in the middle. Rafty this time is on the overlap. Rafferty is fed. Rafty square, across, and the ball's in the bottom corner. And Alex Robertson is his first goal for Portsmouth. Manchester City loney Alex Robertson was on target on Tuesday night to score not just his first Blues goal, but his maiden goal in senior football too, securing a 2-0 victory away at Burton Albion. We'll be hearing how the Australian midfield magician felt after netting that one in midweek. Buzzing over the moon. Um, it's kind of a big weight off my shoulders because I've been wanting that and working for that since I first come. As well as the post-match thoughts of Alex Robertson, we will also be catching up with head coach John Massinho and his post-match thoughts after the game. I asked them for a very, very you know, solid growing up performance where you know, they, they had to show a lot of metal and, and they did that. I thought they did it in pretty much everything they did. We'll get the thoughts of those two as well as our two studio guests on this evening's show as we discuss all of the action from the Pirelli Stadium and look ahead to tomorrow's trip to Northampton. That's all to come between now and seven, along with head coach of the Portsmouth women, Jay Sadler, who's been previewing Sunday's league match away at London Bees. We expect to fight. We expect the team that are probably going to set up to nullify our strengths and, and to try and frustrate us. And if you'd like to get in touch tonight, we fully welcome that too. Were you satisfied with the midweek performance at Burton or is the jury still out on whether or not this side has fully bounced back from last week's defeat to Blackpool? With Colby Bishop likely to miss out, how would you like to see the Blues line up in attack at six fields this weekend? And could this be an opportunity to allow Alex Robertson to move further upfield? Get in touch all the usual ways. It's 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Sport at expressfm.com is the address you need to email. Otherwise, it's at ExpressFM on Twitter or Facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. And don't forget, you can also reach us on the new ExpressFM app. We look forward to hearing from you. We certainly look forward to bringing you all of the latest blues news and reviews right here on the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome to 93.7 Express FM where you're listening to the Football Hour driven by Stagecoach Across the South with myself Jake Smith alongside tonight two more Pompey fans who are on hand to bring you all of the latest from Fratton Park as well as a review of Tuesday's game at the Pirelli Stadium and a look ahead of course to tomorrow's meeting with Northampton Town. We'll be bringing in those two shortly but first we kickstart proceedings in typical Football Hour fashion by listening to the events of the Blues' latest outing. With Joe Morrell suspended, Marlon Pat made his first start since September the 30th with Christian Sadie also coming in for Paddy Lane as John Massinio made two changes to the Pompey side beaten by four goals to nil at home to Blackpool last Saturday. Everything we do is passionately Pompey. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! 
but have it. And they're driving towards the penalty area. There's danger here for Barta. Hit one. Norris palms it away. And Rafferty with his knee can only clear it out the penalty area. Chance for Burn to cross it from the left. Goes back. Sedum, we know what a left foot he's got. Into the near post. And it's gone past everybody. And behind, I thought it was going to nest in the net. It didn't have mattered for Stockton. Foul, Dragon Freakin. Dragon to the right-hand side. Now Pompey driving forward. What can they make here? Looking into the area to Kamara, who goes to the ground. And Pompey are going to have a penalty. It's a sloppy challenge from Burton. And Portsmouth have got a spot kick. Bishop sets forward and scores. Rolls it to the goalkeeper's left. Broken goes to his right. And 38 minutes have gone. Colby Bishop's got 11 for the season. Burton nil, Portsmouth 1. And the referee... Scott Oldham will blow the whistle and Colby Bishop is hobbling as he comes off and that is a worry for Portsmouth fans and we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen on that one. Cassini Yengi is out, Colby Bishop off for Pompey, he's obviously not recovered from that ankle problem, he was hobbling around towards the end and it is Yengi who's come on to replace him and start up front for Pompey in this second half. Cross to come into the Portsmouth penalty area, free kick, whips it, good delivery, Stockton, straight to the goalkeeper, Pompey Clang is offside, no flag, John Messina saying go, 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 Kamara, right wing, only one option in the middle, Rafferty this time is on the overlap, Rafferty is fed, Rafferty square, across, and the ball's in the bottom corner, and Alex Robertson is his first goal for Portsmouth, Rafferty's fullback, Robertson times his run, no chance for Crocombe, what a great moment for Alex Robertson, a first senior goal, it's Burton Albion nil, Pompey two. Oh, Kamara's away for Pompey down the right from Sadie's pass, what can Kamara do? Into the Burton penalty area, Kamara, and the challenge comes, Kamara's still there, still going and then cleared off the line. Robertson thought about hitting it left footed, keeps it moving to Pack, tries to shoot, Pack into the area, Yengi, chance for Yengi, good save by the goalkeeper. Instead in his own second yellow card, and he is sent off. Not a good day for Steve Seddon against his former club. The inevitable whistle has come and gone, and Portsmouth have gone back to winning ways. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, there we are then, the highlights from Tuesday night's 2-0 victory away at Burton Albion. Colby Bishop on target from a penalty spot with Alex Robertson back in his first Pompey goal and his first senior goal in football as well. Something that um, our guest on Monday night's Football Hour, Reese Hawkins, predicted quite well. I'm going for a 2-0 Bishop and Robertson to get his first. And if he's got tonight's lottery numbers, I would welcome them as well. Right, other results from midweek as well. Barnsley 1-0 winners at home to Wickham Wanderers. And if you haven't seen that goal, I would highly advise you go and search it on YouTube. Wickham, um, in typical Wickham fashion, I think it's fair to say, in the last minute of the game, um, time-wasting, holding out for a 0-0 draw. And uh, Barnsley take advantage of the keeper completely slipping up and uh, dropping the ball two yards in front of the goal. Uh, Blackpool defeated at home to Northampton Town. Tomorrow's opponents for Pompey by two. Two goals to one at Bloomfield Road. Bristol Rovers one, Leighton Orient one. Cambridge nil, Lincoln City three. That's a result that has cost Mark Bonner his job at the Abbey Stadium. Charlton 2-1 winners over Cheltenham. Exeter and Shrewsbury held out for a 0-0 draw, as did Oxford United and Bolton Wanderers. A decent result for Pompey there. Port Vale defeated by a goal to at home to Derby County with Stevenage and Peterborough sharing the spoils in a 2-0 draw. Whilst Wigan Athletic defeated Fleetwood 3-0 at home and Reading back to winning ways with a 5-1 victory at home to Carlisle United. Quite the repercussions for the League One table then. Pompey remain 
maintain second position despite Bolton dropping points and Pompey winning. They are behind the Trotters on goal difference, of course, following last week's um, turmoil where Bolton won 7 0 and Pompey lost 4 0. Oxford United are in third position, still on 36, as are Stevenage on 36 points, but they have played two games more than the three sides above them. Peterborough and Derby remain in the top six as things stand. Reading drop, or, or they rather rise from the bottom of the table, then our 23rd Cheltenham Town replaced them at the bottom with Carlisle and Fleetwood in the drop zone alongside them. Right then, let's invite my two guests onto the show then. I'm delighted to welcome back a voice you'll be very familiar with if you're a, a regular listener to our football coverage here on Express, Kirsty Roxanne, who writes up and uh, voices our this week's opposition features and uh, she actually joins us as an actual guest on the football hour. <laughs> a real-life life person. You are, yeah, you're real. <laughs> you're, you're not just some voice from the click of the button. You're here. I'm not. I'm actually here in the flesh. Yeah, how Look are you? That. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. And joining us tonight, another name you'll uh, surely know, especially if you've been tuning in on Saturday night recently, uh, and if you just had his phone go off as well. Yeah. Slap on the wrist. So Sorry Mr. about that. George Wedlake. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me, Jake. <laughs> it's a pleasure as always. Uh, as, as always, it's the first time we've had you, or I've had you on the Football Hour, George. Yes. Not your debut, though. No, I did it probably five or six years ago with James. Mm. Never got invited back, don't know why. Never oh. asked him. <laughs> well, hopefully it won't be such a gap between now and your next appearance. I think it's because my phone went off then as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> if that's an immediate, you're gone. Uh, George, you're a big Pompey fan yourself, and it's a no-brainer having you on with us, but alongside your Saturday night, Saturday night indie music show, you also help out on the production side of things on, on Pompey Live as well. Yes. Um, tell us a bit more about the kind of work behind the scenes that our listeners will you know, they'll hear about but may not be aware of who's actually putting it all together because you're one of those unsung people that does a lot of work for the show but never really gets kind of recognition, I guess. No, what I do is I literally just run about this building panicking, screaming because <laughs> nothing's going right. But then when it's all done, it's like, ah, oh, we did it. We yeah. made it. It's one of those. I don't know what I do. I know what happens when I'm there, yeah. but I can't, yeah, I can't really <laughs> list it, to be honest. That panic and screaming actually sometimes happens on site at Fratton Park and insert away day here as well, depending yeah. on the result. Yeah, so. and it's basically my job to make sure yeah. that screaming doesn't get heard on air. Yeah. So it all sounds very slick and under control, yeah. which of course it is. Mm, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all slick, under control, and uh, we've all got... Yeah, it's just perfect. Um, go back to Tuesday night then, Kirsty. Pompey 2-0 winners over Burton... Off the back of a defeat to Blackpool last Saturday, that was exactly the kind of response we all wanted. Yeah, 100%. And like we said, it was a very easy, nice 2-0 win. Obviously, the first half was a... There wasn't really anything going on, but then we pulled it back in the second half. And for Alex Robertson to get his first goal was just... I feel like he deserved that so much. The way he's been playing has been incredible. And obviously, Saturday wasn't what we expected, but... The fact that it wasn't a 1-0 Owen Dale win, I'll take a 4-0 win. <laughs> 4-0 loss over that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but to bounce back straight away just shows the strength in the team and the fact that we're not going to let that affect the rest of this season. And that bounce-back ability, George, is something we've been saying on Pompey Live over the course of the season. Whilst it's been fantastic to, to see Pompey win week in, week out and go unbeaten as long as they had done, in a way we were kind of looking forward to not the first defeat but actually what followed after it and seeing if this side had that mental strength to come back and, and get back to winning ways. We saw that on Tuesday. They didn't let Saturday's defeat to Blackpool get on them and they were back to back to securing the three points. That's exactly it. I, I'd say that's probably the one thing under John Messina that we haven't quite 
seen yet because he's been so good we've just been winning week in week out there were a few draws in there admittedly but we've been unbeaten for so long you were kind of thinking what does happen when we lose how do we kind of come back from that and I think Tuesday night was a perfect example very run of the mill comfortable 2-0 win mm. and we'll come on to preview of the game at Northampton a uh, little later on in the show Kirsty. but of course it's not just one victory that's going to you know, rescue Pompey's position at the top of the table they've got to you know, follow that up with a win at Northampton tomorrow and then you've got a, a nine day wait until the visit at Bolton to Fratton Park you've got to keep up that momentum so great to get that win on Tuesday night over Burton but you've got to follow up with another win tomorrow yeah, and I think six points on the road this week will really just prove that that loss against Blackpool really does mean nothing in the long run, like the long run of things with this season and how we've been doing. I think the 27 win and then, like George just said, coming back, we haven't seen that yet with Massinho. And I think that just proves that if we can get three points in Northampton, we're absolutely solid. And Kirsty mentioned earlier Alex Robertson. Great to see he, him get his first Pompey goal. Also, his first senior goal on Tuesday night. He scored the second goal of the match to Mar- a fantastic achievement for him. He's been speaking to Max Swatton from the Pompey media team. Robbo, we're all absolutely buzzing for you, mate. Your first Pompey goal, your first senior goal as well, if I'm right in thinking. Yeah. How does it feel? Buzzing over the moon. Um, it's a, it's kind of a big weight off my shoulders because I've been wanting that and working for that since I first come. And I think the first interview me and you done, um, I think it was after the Exeter game that I said my performance could have been better with a goal and I went about... 10, 12 games on and not scored so to be able to score tonight and you know even better to get the result was was very nice and it was a really good feeling it's a really good move I don't know what you remember of it so just talk us through how you saw it in your eyes I can't remember the build up uh, to the point where I got to Raf's um, but as soon as I seen Raf's on the kind of near the byline I was just like yeah I'm just going to get in the box here um, and then Raf's has done very well to, to pick me out or to cut the ball back and you know I just seen the keeper was there and the other side was free so I've just tried aiming it there and <laughs> thankfully it went in How did it feel to celebrate in front of over 1,000 Pompey fans? Loved it um, they were all really loud and all really supportive and you know I think they've been wanting it as much as, as me so you know I was able to give that to them and the team were able to give them the, the result which was a really good feeling because they've travelled obviously all this way it's a long way um, so yeah I'm really thankful to them for being behind me and the team how important was it to bounce back tonight uh, very important um, you know the the result on the weekend was obviously disappointing for us as a team and as a club and for the fans but you know for us to be to have been able to bounce back tonight um, was really good and hopefully we can just crack on Saturday um, and play even better than we did tonight and get get the result again Obviously back to winning ways tonight, but how did you as a squad react to Saturday after the game and, and in training yesterday as well? Yeah, obviously we were all disappointed, but I don't think there was too much panic. Um, you know, we, we went a really long a really long time unbeaten, which was fantastic, but you know, obviously results like that can happen and we were all really disappointed after the game and but we knew yesterday that we had to come into training, you know, work hard again and then obviously win this game and bounce back like you said and we've done so so we're really thankful for that. Since you've been playing in that deeper role it's it's more than more often than not been alongside Joe Morrell. So how did you find it alongside Marlon tonight? Yeah, I love playing with Marlon um, and obviously Joe for the for the last few weeks since Marlon's been injured. But even when I was playing in that higher role with Marlon and Joe Deeper, I, I love playing with Marlon. He's he finds me all the time. Um, I think we play quite well together. Little little short bounce passes, and you know he's 
obviously a big presence. He's a he's a big person, so he can do all the defensive side as well. So, yeah, like I said, I just I love playing with him and also Joe. Um, they're both really good technically play, technical players, and you know hopefully I can help them with their game, and but more so they help me with my game uh, both on and off the ball. What was the message from John going into this game just before you came out to, to walk out of kickoff? Um, just. A bit of like what you said, the bounce back um, from the weekend. Obviously, it was a it was a poor result. Um, we all know that as a team, and we just wanted to put things right, and that, uh, you know that's what we've done. But I think from the gaffer, it was kind of just you know it's another game to show what we can do and to try and get back up to, to top to top spot. And you know we done that, which was which was the main thing. But you know they've got a lot of belief in us as coaching staff, and hopefully we we on the pitch you know repay that. So. Yeah. You slightly alluded to the supporters earlier, but just finally, how pleased are you to be able to send them home tonight on their travels with three points? Yeah, lovely. Um, they've travelled so far from, from Portsmouth or other places if they live anywhere else, but you know it's a far away. We know that we've done the travel yesterday and we're about to do it now, but you know to be able to send them home with the three points and hopefully they enjoyed the performance um, is a really nice feeling as a team because they're always behind us and they're backing us all the way, which we see and we, we really enjoy that. Man City Loney, Alex Robson there with his post-match thoughts shortly after the full-time whistle uh, on Pompey's 2-0 win at Pirelli Stadium on Tuesday night. Uh, George, needless to say, fantastic player. Yeah. Very fortunate to have Alex Robertson at the club. Um, and if Manchester City are listening, I guess we kind of reverse that and say, no, he's rubbish. Yeah. Let us have him at the end of the season for free. Yeah, they don't need him. You don't need him, do you? No, absolutely not. He's one of those players, though, that I, I I always worry about the pressure that gets put on footballers, you know, when they're so young and they show such promise. Because we've seen it happen loads of times that these players, they look amazing when they first burst onto the scene and they don't really progress. Yeah. I was sort of thinking, is Robertson another one of those? But... My God, the potential that that boy shows is something else. He's quite clearly playing below his actual level at the moment. And at his age as well, there's no telling sort of where he can take his football career, is there? No, not at all. And it's not just for goal on Tuesday night and the way that he sets up play, mm. um, Kirsty, but it's also... But, but I like them little flicks he does in the middle of the pitch, just yeah. over the, the head of an opposing player. And he does it like two or three times a game and just makes it look so easy and effortless. And like George said, he probably is playing way below his level and very fortunate to have a player of his capabilities in League One. Having said that, very difficult to you know try not to fall in love with a lone player. <laughs> oh, we always fall in love with a lone player. It's just it's just the way it happens. But hopefully, Man City will just be like, you know what, you just have him, you deserve him. Yeah. But um, but yeah, no, the way he plays in the in the field, and he's so calm and so collective. Like at such a young age, mm. there's no panic. There's no whenever he gets the ball, I'm not worried. And if he does lose it, he's bound to pick it back up straight away. There's, it just feels like a sense of calm in the midfield that we've needed for so long, and yeah. it's a real, it's really nice. Well, it's time for a very quick break now, but in just a few moments, we're going to take a listen to what the Blues head coach himself had to say about the performance on Tuesday night. I spoke to a couple of the lads in there. The only disappointment is is that we didn't put the game to bed because we had plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities, and on another day, I think we score quite a few more. More from John Basidio and more from Kirsty and George here on Express FM when the Football Hour returns after this. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. 
Yeah, good evening. Welcome back to Express FM, where you're listening to the Football Hour, brought to you by Stagecoach Across for South, whose app you can download now from the Apple app and Google Play Store. Later tonight, we've got the return of school days with Steve Randall, which follows us here from seven, before Hip Shaker, which is back at nine. But before all of that, uh, myself, Kirsty Roxanne and George Wedlake, between now and seven, uh, bring you all of the action from Tuesday's 2-0 victory for Pompey away at Burton Albion, and later on previewing tomorrow's trip to Northampton Town. Um, George, I'd like to come on to somebody else. We, we mentioned Alex Robertson before the break and we heard his post-match interview with Max Swatton, his first Pompey goal, his first senior goal as well. But Abu Kamara, yeah. um, somebody who is actually the only player to actually remain true to this statistic, he's featured in every single game this season in all competitions, whether it's starting or coming off a bench, Abu Kamara has been involved in every single match. Um and in recent weeks, he's had a bit of criticism, particularly on social media, with his end product and what he does. And is he as good as, you know, insert winger here, Gavin White, maybe Anthony Scully? But nonetheless, he's been a consistent player within this team, and, and John Messino sees something in him. I thought he had a particularly lively game on Tuesday night and, and added quite a lot. Absolutely. He was involved in both goals, wasn't he? Yeah. He won the penalty and he didn't assist Robertson, but I believe he played the ball to Rafferty, who then assists Robertson. And all game, I was just watching him. He was just lightning. Yeah down that wing and yeah you can question his end results sometimes but then he's answered those critics isn't he two goals there he was involved in in a very tidy performance absolutely good uh, good on Abu Kamara for a great performance uh, no doubt I'm sure we'll see him tomorrow even uh, tomorrow afternoon at Northampton um, and really Kirsty the elephant in the room Colby Bishop scoring the penalty on the 38th minute clearly as, as George mentioned there Abu Kamara brought down by Steve Seddon the former Blues player um Bishop sent the keeper the wrong way, as he does, nice and calm, composed. It's a good finish when the keeper goes the wrong way, probably a bit of a naff one if he guesses right. Uh, nonetheless, he adds a lot to his team, Colby Bishop, and really sad to see him brought him off at, at half-time for a, what looked like a bit of a collision impact injury on his ankle. Yeah, which is one of the most probably scariest injuries that could happen to this team after Paul. It's like the the last thing we need. Um, but I think hopefully it's good news. That's all we can pray for. And then if he's not at Northampton this weekend, we just got to pray that he's he's got those nine days then before Bolton where we we need him back for that game because that's, that's a truly critical game. Yeah. And after the match on Tuesday night, George, we saw um, Colby Bishop emerge from the tunnel of Pirelli Stadium in a boot and on crutches. Mm. Um, and whilst that's it's a shame to see obviously but that can be a bit deceiving at times we saw Regan Paul come off at Chesterfield in the FA Cup um, he ended up being out for the season he's done his ACL but during that second half we saw him on the TV cameras sat on the bench with his feet up laughing and joking with his teammates so those kind of looks can be deceiving we might see a Colby Bishop maybe not tomorrow but next week back and fully fit for the Bolton game I really hope you're right I mean <laughs> if again though if there are two players you don't want to lose halfway through the season mm. it's Paul and Bishop isn't it they give you so much at either end but yeah Bishop being in a boot from what Messino said it's precautionary yeah. you only hope that's the case and just fingers crossed we get the news we want for this scan because we really can't lose him no and as you've both already mentioned Kirsty, to lose Regan Paul already to lose um, Colby Bishop and already this campaign lost quite a few players through injury in, you know in, in spells Marlon Pack has only just returned to the side Conor Ogilvie returned and is straight back out again Anthony Scully we might see before the turn of the new year just to name a few players there but Regan Paul out for the season Colby Bishop we are unaware of the extent of the injury it could be a week it could be three or four or five um, is this typical Pompey we get to that kind of festive period and it all goes downhill 
I feel like we're cursed with injuries. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like this happens every single year. But at the same time, not every single year have we had the depth in the team that we do this year. So, like, even though, yeah, Paul, obviously, we'd love to have Paul back in a heartbeat. Mm. But then we also have Raggett, who was our top defender last season that can just step into the side. And then, obviously, with Paddy Lane out, we then got Sadie in. Like, yeah. there are players that can step up and step up to the plate exactly the same as the injured players, which is the advantage that we have this year. However injuries you can't predict an injury and a lot of these bad injuries have happened whilst on the pitch it's not down to the training methods or anything like that no. so it's it's one of those things but yeah let's just let's just pray just got to get your fingers crossed for bishop at the moment but we we'll soon find out yeah absolutely and it is unfortunate as Kirsty mentioned there george it's not something that you know Portsmouth football club have done themselves they've not um been i guess playing these players off to go and injure our players it's unfortunate we've seen it happen in front of our own eyes Nonetheless, when you get to January, the transfer window, we know it's going to be a big one for Pompey mm. to try and get over the line and get into the Championship for next season. Regardless of whether or not Colby Bishop is back by January, do you think they need to invest in a, in another striker? Because at the moment, you've got Colby Bishop and Cassini Engi and maybe Christian Sadie, but he's been playing a bit more deeper recently. Yeah, it's hard to say, isn't it? Because like you say, Sadie is playing a bit deeper at the moment, but that's because of certain players you know, in midfield that we've been missing. Yeah morale more recently pack before that it's kind of we've been forced to play that hand if you like but from a fan's point of view you can never have too many strikers you like looking at your bench and seeing you've got goals on it yeah. but as long as it's explained to the players before like you know when bishop is back he is top dog he is going straight back into that <laughs> side you know that make sure everybody understands where they sort of stand but i think yenki shows a lot of promise we saw yeah. it what a lightning start he had to the season then he got injured unfortunately he's come back and i still think he's got plenty of goals in him so i guess we're gonna see what happens at northampton but yeah i, I would say as a fan we need more strikers. Yeah. Well, bring new players in all over the pitch. Why not? Yeah, why not? Let's go all out. <laughs> trying to get over the line and get into the championship. Uh, right then, we've heard already tonight from Alex Robertson following Tuesday's win at Burton, but now it's time to take a listen to the reaction of John Bassinio, who was first asked by Andy Moon for his overall assessment of the side's performance. Unbelievably pleased with the result. I thought the performance for large parts was, was excellent as well, particularly with some tricky periods in the second half that we started the second half really poorly but managed to dig ourselves out of that and we looked a real threat going forward I think in the second half. So I think with the, with the context of everything that's happened over the past few days, with um, the sort of uh, the blow to... Uh, the blow to morale that, that we took on, on Saturday, the most important thing that the question was asked after the game, you know, is this just a blip? And I think my answer at the time was um, hopefully, but we'll see on Tuesday night because that's going to tell you everything you need to know about the character of the lads in there. And I asked them for a very, very um, you know, solid grown-up performance where you know they, they had to show a lot of metal and, and they did that. I thought they did it um, in pretty much everything they did. Uh, like I said, Byron probably had a sort of 10-minute spell. I thought the, the performance was excellent. Talking of blows, losing Colby at half-time, big blow. What, what is the situation with him? Yeah, I think that's probably about the only negative uh, to come away from the game. I saw it right in front of me. He just went over on his left ankle and um, uh, it's swollen up. So, obviously, he tried to play on, but he couldn't really wait bear as the game went on. So, uh, yeah, one of those one of those things. We just seem to be hit by quite a few at the moment. Uh, we, we're really looking hard at the at the injury front and seeing what we can do any different. I think those ones, sorry, Neil, those ones where we just he turns over his ankle, there's nothing we can do about it. The pitch is fine. Um, yeah, what, what, it wasn't a bad challenge. Just bad luck. And uh, yeah, that's that's probably the only negative of the night. Any prognosis at this stage? How long he might be out for? Or? Oh no, far too early. Yeah, far too early. He's, he's in the boot just as a precaution. So hopefully it's not going to be too bad. 
And back to the positives, uh, how much has Alex Robertson deserved a goal with his recent performances? I thought he was our best player on Saturday. Uh, he was the shining light in, in a poor performance. I thought he was our best player again tonight. And the only criticism I've had of him is final product. And he's put it together tonight. Uh, I think he can score more. I think he can keep arriving in those positions. I think he can score from outside the box as well. And um, I'm very pleased for him. Uh, there were more opportunities you could have maybe put out of sight in that last 15 minutes. Yeah, and that, and that, that again, when, when the games when the games open up like that, so you, you see in the in the first half, I thought it was quite a, a, a tight affair. We, we dominated the ball, we didn't create a huge amount. What you have to do in those situations is be patient and and make sure that you make the most of, of sides working really hard off the ball to, to make it difficult for you. And when your opportunity comes, take it. And to be fair, we did in the first half, and then naturally the game opens up after that. And towards the back end of the game, I thought we had you know our front four looked very very threatening, probably right up. Until the, the final sort of six yards or so, and yeah, that was. You know, I spoke to a couple of the lads in there. The only disappointment is is that we didn't put the game put the game to bed because we had plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities, and on another day, I think we score quite a few more. How pleased you stood up to that that physical test you was going to get here at Burton? Yeah, very pleased. Uh, you know, really pleased. You could see from the off that it was going to be it's going to be a good challenge, and and you know we you know we've got a, a physical side as well, so we want to make sure that we're and we're not just obsessed with with trying to keep the ball and, and move the ball quickly. We, we want to make sure that we, we stand up to exactly that because we have to do it against um, sides week in week out and, and I thought we did that really really well we dealt with set pieces and we dealt with the threat of, of Cole Stockton up front and um, you know even even some of the you know lads like Jack Sparks who um, really I thought bounced really back really well from the weekend had a tough period in the second half but didn't go under made sure he kept at it and towards the end of the game I, I thought their right hand side was very very quiet due to Jack being aggressive doing his job and um, getting back on it so really happy with that the post-match thoughts of John Massinho after Tuesday's 2-0 victory away at Burton Albion. An email here from Linda who says it was good to get straight back to winning ways on Tuesday. It wasn't one of our best performances, but it was a win. The big downside is losing Colby Bishop with an injury. Fingers crossed it isn't a bad one. Hopefully the forwards who will replace him can do the job and keep the pressure on the other teams. Play up on Linda. Thank you very much for getting in touch on the emails there. Um, referencing that that email there, Kirsty from Linda, mentioning it wasn't the best of performance from Pompey on Tuesday night but as a fan do you really care or are you just more bothered about getting the three points over the line and back up to where you want to be at the top of the table yeah I think obviously after Blackpool's result that's all we cared about was getting those three points and the fact it was a 2-0 as well they didn't even have a chance against us obviously they had a few shots but um but yeah, I think that's that's all we needed, especially after that. I think if we'd continued our streak and then we'd played the way we did play, then it, there would have been like, oh, here mm. we go, like we're just cruising along. But yeah, that was definitely, I didn't mind, just three points in the bag. Of course, it is the points you want at the end of the day, George. Just referencing back to that Blackpool defeat last Saturday, though, because obviously we haven't really heard your thoughts on it. Do you think that was a, a, a tinge of complacency from the team? Having, as you mentioned before, that interview with John Messina, they've gone so long without losing a game and sort of off air, we were speaking about how weird a feeling it was to come away from Fratton Park knowing we've just been defeated. Do you think that maybe complacency kicked in and, and perhaps they need that as well to then go on and you know, get their performances back up a little bit? Yeah, maybe it's kind of got rid of that now moving mm. forward but it's hard to say what it is at the time isn't it because mm. we all know the amount of games that we were sort of trailing during like the, to the dying minutes and then we you know came back at the end to sort of win it we kind of got in the habit of doing that yeah. and as a fan I sort of got a bit complacent I've got to say I just <laughs> thought oh, we've gone 1-0 down who cares we're going to see it <laughs> off in the end anyway that's what I've been doing so maybe it's gone you know kind of translated on the pitch a little bit but at the end of the day they're professional footballers and they know how to sort of you know get in the right mindset mm. before every game so you'd like to think it's not complacency no. but 
the way I see it, it had to come to an end at one point, that running, that, that winning run, and it did in spectacular fashion. We've put it behind us now, we've bounced back, and hopefully it doesn't happen again anytime soon. You mentioned there as a fan, um, sort of going to games this season, Pompey going to goal behind, and you think, ah, it doesn't matter, we'll get, in, we'll get back into it. At what stage of that Blackpool game did you start to think, maybe not? Was it 2 0, 3 0? Or was it 4 0? It, it, definitely by the 3 o'clock, <laughs> by the 3 0. Definitely by the 3 0. Um, but it, I, there was something about that performance. You can kind of tell it wasn't going to follow games that had gone before. Like, for example, the the Reading game, yeah. the Wigan game, that kind of thing. You can tell this was slightly different. But definitely by the time it got to 3 0, I thought, OK, can we do a 4 3 hit? No, it's probably out no. of the question. Even that's too much to ask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, Linda again mentioning on the email there Kirsty just sort of highlighting that, that message that's come in just referencing Colby Bishop and we heard from John Massino and, and we do hope that the boot and the crutches were just precautionary just to um, prevent aggravation to a potential injury there um, we saw Paddy Lane last weekend against Blackpool um, start the game he came off the bench on Tuesday night as well and that came after John Massino told us in the press last week that he was going to be out for two to three weeks could this Colby Bishop news and deterrent of not telling us how long he's going to be out for, could that be mind games again from John Massino, or are you genuinely concerned that actually no, Colby Bishop is going to be out for a few weeks? <laughs> um, I don't know, because wasn't, I think Paddy Lane was, it was from the Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, he got called up yeah. and then withdrew like pretty much straight away. Yeah, and then didn't we, he had like another check when he came back to Pompey, and that's when they said, oh, he's actually all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was able to play. But, I mean, if he is playing mind games, then John Massino, that's not fun. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing. So, hope, uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just looking optimistic and I'm thinking he'll, he won't be playing at Northampton, but he'll be back for Bolton. Yeah. And I guess as well, George, that is another interesting point because if if it is my games from John Massino or if Colby Bishop is maybe 80-90% fit and it is just a bit of a knock and he could play tomorrow if there is, is even just a hint of something aggravating him there as a fan would you like to see John Massino just rest him for tomorrow and have him fully fit for Bolton? Yeah, it's that Bolton game, isn't it, at the moment? That's everybody's focus. Obviously, we want to beat Northampton, but you kind of feel on paper that is slightly more comfortable. Although Mm -hmm. they did beat Blackpool at the weekend, so it's the (laughs) topsy-turvy world of football again, isn't it? But yeah, I think we can afford to sort of rest Bishop for one game. He's played a lot lately. I think he's been involved in pretty much every single minute of every game. So to sort of rest him for one certainly won't hurt. But again, if it's mind games... John Messina, what are you doing, mate? Because don't do this to us at this time of year. Please don't do it. We've seen it all before. Yeah, we know what's coming. We know what's coming between Christmas and New Year. Um, you mentioned it earlier, Kirsty, about Burton Albion and about how you know they didn't really look like they were offering much going forward. They weren't a bad side, and you could see that you know, there's a reason why in their previous four home league fixtures they hadn't been beaten. They were a difficult team to break down, but overall not a spectacular side, but it's obviously going to be challenging come the end of the campaign, but a team that will take points off off big teams this season just simply by having their game plan and making it really frustrating for the opposition and Pompey managed to get through that just about on Tuesday. Yeah, it's the sitting back. It's when they sit back against the higher up teams in the league that then do make it frustrating when you can't break through it, and I think that is like a massive tactic that they have and they they aren't a bad side like at all and they're definitely a mid-table finishing side but they're they're not going to be a threat to us towards the end of the campaign but you have to always be careful with the with the teams that sat down the bottom league of the table because they're still fighting to not hit the relegation zone so and I think sometimes they do surprise you when you think oh it's going to be a nice easy match like I do think Northampton isn't going to be 
the easy match that we might anticipate. I know they've just been promoted this season, but they are sat in 13th. They did just beat Blackpool 2-1. They're not a side, I think, that we should just be like, oh, it's going to be a nice easy run. We can't go into it like that. And league positioning can be a little bit deceiving, can't it, George? Because as Kirsty sort of rightfully alluded to there, if you're a side challenging at the top, if Pompey go and play Bolton like they do in um, just under a fortnight's time, then we anticipate a difficult game. But when you're playing against sides that are either in relegation zone or just around them, they might not have the same quality in terms of technical ability on the pitch, but because they've got that fight and that desire to claw back their way up into, into the league table and get those points back, they can be equally as or, e- or potentially if not more difficult games from the sides against you know the rubber top yeah league one is just so unpredictable at the start of the season you know when everyone's on you know played zero mm. you can't call it it never goes the way you think it's going to go and just off like recent performances of what we've seen at fratton park blackpool how are they just in eighth place they're yep. easily one of the best sides we've seen all season so it is it's yeah it's one of those you just can't put your finger on it you don't know who's going to end up where at the end of the season it's a tough one and just finally before we do move on Kirsty Josh Martin um, made his first start for Pompey against Blackpool last weekend and also started again on Tuesday night I thought he looked a lot better in midweek at Burton than he did against Blackpool was he a player that given the lack of game time he's had particularly for the season he's been training with Pompey but being released by Norwich City is he someone that you've just got to be patient with and allow him that game time to get into the flow of things yeah, and I think he's just got to be able to gel with this team. I think we've got a really tight team. And I think just to be thrown in there like he was at Blackpool was a big decision by Messina. And I do think he has the ability to be a good key player in this side. Um, and like he had that chance at Blackpool when it was just him and him and the keeper one-on-one. And I could see him like looking around and hoping that there was going to be someone either side of him. Because, I mean, if he did score, that would have been amazing. But he also had an opportunity like that again at Burton I do think just a few more games and he should get really into the flow of it and I do think he could end up being a key player and it's just that end product for me at the moment he looks very promising but it's just I want to see something at the end I want to see an assist or I want to see a goal and you do get the feeling it's going to come he looks very confident indeed lovely stuff George Kirsty. thank you both very much and if like Linda earlier you'd like to get involved back home please do give us a text 81400 is the number starting your messages with the word express otherwise you can send an email into sport at expressfm.com include at expressfm on twitter or find us over at facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Pompey women's boss Jay Sadler to come after the break as we wrap things up here on the Footblower with a preview of both the men's and women's respective upcoming matches. Jay Sadler has been speaking to me about the magnitude of Sunday's league meeting with London Bees. Both teams have got a lot at stake. Their manager left a couple of weeks ago and subsequently they've constructed a, a new backroom staff that they haven't had a game so they've had a lot of contact time to kind of re-identify who they want to be so we're going into this kind of blind not fully aware of, of what it is they're going to throw so we're going to have to be adaptable here before the extent of my chat with Jay there as we preview the upcoming matches for both Pompey's men and women this weekend stay tuned for the conclusion of the football hour this is the football hour on express fm whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, or just enjoying late-night bus rides, from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. 
Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour, supported this season by Stagecoach South. Head on over to stagecoachbus.com for more information on the types of services they can provide in your area. A look ahead to the men's trip to Northampton to come very shortly, but before we do that, and welcome Kirsty and George back into the conversation, we're going to take a few moments to hear about the Pompey women. Last Sunday, the girls ran out 7-0 winners over Ebbsfleet United in the second round of the FA Cup, setting up a third round meeting with none other than Southampton, set to take place at Wesley Park on Sunday the 10th of December. Before that though, Jay Sadler's side face another away trip this weekend as they return to league action following three consecutive weekends off due to cup commitments. They take on the London Bees and I've been catching up with the Blues head coach ahead of that one. I began by asking about last weekend's victory at Ebbsfleet and what positives he'll be looking to take from that win into Sunday's game. Not only was it uh, a good win on, on Sunday and pro- sees us progressing to the third round of the FA Cup, but it was a it was a, a really good performance um, individually, um, but also collectively. We'd done a lot of work in the week um, on our in possession principles. And we were disappointed with the performance we gave against Bournemouth the weekend before. Too many lost balls, um, too little threat um, in behind their back line when, when we did get into the final third. And we wanted to rectify that. And yes, we scored seven goals, but it was the, the manner of the goals, the type of goals that we scored. Um, a couple of really good moments where we switched the ball through, used our overload, got into real good areas and upgraded our chance. And then there were moments of individual brilliance, quirky with a, a shot from range and, and then a counter-attack goal from a corner, something we worked on with our, with our set-play coach, Lee. So, yeah, we were, we were really, really pleased with the performance and we've got to take that now and, and, and build off the back of that going into the, the last three fixtures before the Christmas break. And after the game, you spoke with us about the third round draw and the kind of tie you were hoping for, a home one. Well, your wish was granted, but it's going to be a South Coast derby. Southampton at home on the 10th. How do you feel about this one? It's an exciting draw. You can't get away from it. Um, When I was watching it with my little boy, I think we were all surprised to see ball number nine um, drawn at home first. And then as soon as it was, it was it was inevitable that we were going to get ball number two in a, a South Coast derby in the, in the third round of the FA Cup. But what a mouthwatering tie and what a, what a fantastic um, spectacle, uh, an occasion for our supporters. Um, but also for these players and staff, um, we're going to be preparing for a massive occasion, never mind a game. And I know there's the old cliche of you've got to play the game, not the occasion, but we, we've got to enjoy this. Um, these games don't come around often. When they do come around, there's pressure. Um, but pressure is a privilege. This kind of pressure is a privilege. You're representing a football club, um, you're representing a community, and you're representing a city, the blue half um, of Hampshire. You're representing, and, and you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to enjoy that. You've got to enjoy that. Um, you've, got to, you've got to use that energy and harness it into a performance, a performance that's going to need more than just quality. It's going gonna, it's gonna to need... Um, heart's going to need fight's going to need character and this group has that in abundance we don't fear anyone and yeah when that game comes around um, we'll, we'll look forward to it but but right now we've got to realign the focus of the group we've got a really important um, league game at the weekend we travel to London Bees and we want to get three points to, to obviously continue our, our run up the table Obvious excitement surrounding the prospect of that tie then, but of course there's an important league game to come before that, London Bees away this coming Sunday. How difficult is it to park that excitement for now and put that focus fully on the next game? 
I don't think it'll be too hard for this group to park their emotion and, and excitement for the FA Cup game. Um, as I said in the previous, that there's there's a real character um, about this group. We, we set out our ambition early, which was to compete and, and challenge for a league title. To do that, you need to pick up points, regardless of who you're coming up against. And this game is going to be is going to be a tricky one. London Bees are at the bottom of the league, and, and they're obviously um, fighting for survival, whereas we're at the top end of the league, fight, fighting for promotion. So both teams have got a lot at stake. Their manager left a couple of weeks ago, and, and subsequently they've constructed a, a new backroom staff that they haven't had a game so they've had a lot of contact time um, to kind of re-identify who they want to be so we're going into this kind of blind not fully aware of, of what it is they're going to throw so we're going to have to be adaptable we're going to have to play our game and we're going to have to be up for it and, and I'm sure we will be and speaking of Sunday what kind of test do you expect from London Bees? We expect to fight. We expect the team that are probably going to set up to nullify our strengths and, and to try and frustrate us. And we've got to overcome that adversity. We've got to be the team that drives the intensity, that drives the standards and that drives the quality. We did that against Ebbs Fleet and we, we got a fantastic reaction off the back of that Bournemouth game. Played some real good football, but it wasn't all about outplaying the opposition. It was a real good blend and a mixture of out fighting and, and outworking the opposition and that's what this Portsmouth team is all about and against Sunday it'll be no different we'll have to earn every ounce of, of grass we're going to have to earn every ounce of space we, we get and, and we're going to have to earn the time we do spend on the ball and then the time we do spend on the ball we've got to be patient with it but we've also got to have purpose and this group has an abundance of quality um, they have a real steely mindset and we're going to need that in a game that that is going to be testing and frustrating regardless of where london bees are regardless of that the form london bees are coming into this game um we're, we're going to have to be at our best and, and that's the challenge we've, we've we've set this group pompey women's boss jay sadler there speaking ahead of sunday's trip to london bees as the pompey women return to league action top of the fa women's national league southern premier division as things stand um just a bit of news to to bring to you that we've heard throughout the week before we do come on to preview tomorrow's game at northampton george tino andrin currently out injured of course we know they're not expecting him back until uh, similar to anthony scully christmas to new year period um confirmed by pompey this week that he will remain at the club on loan from chelsea until the end of the season and he won't be recalled in january um a bit of good news to, to come from a week of um, losing players due to injury and suspensions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's nice. I mean, amongst all these injuries, there is something good. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice to know. Yeah, because he, he had something different, doesn't he? You can tell again that he's been playing and training with coaches and players that are above the level that he's currently at with Pompey um, with the overhead kicks and whatnot. You know, he tries them quite <laughs> regularly. So, yeah, it'd be good to see them back again, for sure. Yeah. Blake on Twitter says, 14 unbeaten away in the league, one loss in 29, home and away. Good feeling around the club. What more could you want? And Mike Davies replied, simply an empty treatment room. Fair enough. That's a fair point, Mike. <laughs> right, before we uh, do come on to preview the Blues' next league encounter, uh, we're going to get the final thoughts and score predictions of George and Kirsty too. We're going to take a look, uh, a closer look in tomorrow's opponents for Pompey. Pre-recorded Kirsty has more on Northampton Town. The Blues got straight back to winning ways under the lights at the Pirelli Stadium. With a penalty from Colby Bishop and Alex Robertson scoring his first goal for the club, they secured a 2-0 victory over Burton. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Now to our second away visit this week, John Massino's side head to Sixfield Stadium to take on Northampton Town. Let's take a closer look at the team Pompey face now. 
Manager. Australian John Brady is at the helm for the Cobblers. After failing to break into the first teams at Brentford, Swansea City and Wickham Wanderers, Brady joined Hayes. He played 188 games for the Missioners in all competitions and scored 20 goals before transferring to Rushton and Diamond in the summer of 1998. Brady became a football conference champion with Rushton and Diamond in the 2001, scoring the winner at Chester City on the final day of the season to make promotion mathematically certain. After a brief spell at Woking, Brady joined Chester City after one season. He was released from his contract during their 2003-04 title-winning campaign in order to join the coaching staff of Arsenal. He soon resumed his playing career with Stevenage Borough. He also played for the likes of Hereford United, Cambridge United, Kidderminster Harrys Online and Kettering Town. Brady was appointed manager for Brackley Town in March 2009. After securing victory 132 times out of 306 matches played, he decided to step down as manager in September of 2015. He joined Northampton Town as the under-16s coach and was promoted to the under-18s coach in 2017. Following the sacking of Keith Curl in early 2021, Brady was placed in temporary charge of the first team. After a defeat against Blackpool saw Northampton immediately relegated back to League Two, Brady was appointed permanent manager in May 2021. Northampton wearing a good position for an immediate return to the third tier with automatic promotion throughout the 2021-22 season. However, down to goal difference, they entered the EFL League Two playoffs and were defeated over two legs by Mansfield Town. He was awarded the EFL League Two Manager of the Month award in March 2023 for having led his side to 13 points from five matches. Brady then guided the Cobblers to automatic promotion to League One, following a 1-0 away win to Tranmere Rovers. One to watch. Scotland under-21 international Mark Leonard is our one to watch. The loanee from Brighton and Hove Albion first signed on loan to Northampton for the duration of the 2022-23 season. He scored his first professional goal against Sutton United, which ended in a 2-2 draw. He helped the club to promotion to League One, playing 45 matches in the league. In July 2023, Leonard rejoined Northampton Town for a second season on loan. Leonard wears a number 21 shirt. Top scorer. Sam Hoskins is the current top goal scorer for the Cobblers. Hoskins, who wears the number 7 shirt, began his career at Southampton, joining the club as a trainee in 2015, signing his first professional contract six years later. After making his debut, he was loaned out to Preston North End, Rotherham United, and loaned out for the third time joining League One side Stevenage. After leaving Southampton in 2013, Hoskins signed for championship side Yeovil Town on a two-year deal. Hoskins was released at the end of the 2014-15 season following their relegation to League Two. Hoskins signed for Northampton Town on a one-year contract. Six months later, he signed a new two-and-a-half-year contract in 2016. In June 2020, Hoskins scored the Cobblers' third goal as Northampton won 4-0 against Exeter City to win promotion to League One. After being relegated back to League Two, he became the first Northampton player to score 20 league goals in a season since 1986-87. In the 2022-23 season, he won the EFL League Two Player of the Season and was named as the Cobblers' Player of the Season. Hoskins scored the only goal of the game when the club defeated Tranmere Rovers, securing promotion to League One. Hoskins signed a new contract with Northampton, committing him with the club until 2026. So far this season, he has scored 11 league goals. Current form. Newly promoted to League One, Northampton are currently mid-table in 13, accumulating 23 points out of their opening 18 matches. After being defeated in all cup matches, John Brady's side are just focusing on the league fixtures this campaign. Their previous five matches have ended in three victories and two defeats. The most recent victory ended 2-1 on Tuesday night against Blackpool. 
The last time these two teams met, the Cobblers came out on top with a 4-1 victory in March 2021. The only goal for the Blues came from a penalty scored by Ellis Harrison. Can the Blues gain six points on the road this week, or will Northampton keep up their winning streak? All at the Immiscible Action on Pompey Live. Kirsty Roxanne with more on Northampton Town. Nice one, Kirsty. Thanks. Report <laughs> that live as well. That's yeah. amazing to uh, watch. Yeah. That's all right. It's fine. I'm multi-talented. What can I say? Um, getting a bit, a bit of a vibe of Northampton Town there, Kirsty. Learned a lot about them in that report. Yeah, I learned a lot about them. Um, yeah, there is there are sides which is which can can't really be reckoned with too much. I mean, they have bounced in and out of. League One, League Two, etc. So, so yeah, they are they are a side that could really show what they've got. To be honest, and probably give us a little bit of a run for our money. But if we just keep on the winning streak, we should be all right. And uh, looking ahead to tomorrow's game, uh, Northampton Town have tweeted early today just to say that the covers have been on the pitch uh, at Sixfields for the last few days. They were taken off today for a few hours and pitches in good condition. Uh, going back on for tonight, and t- if temperatures are forecast, we expect pitch to be in good condition tomorrow as well. Uh, let's get some score predictions as well. Steve on Facebook's going for a 1 0 win. Uh, Matt on the emails is going for a 1 0 draw. Uh, George Wedlake, your score prediction, please, as Pompey take on Northampton Town tomorrow. Similar to Tuesday, I'm going for a comfortable 2-0. Comfortable 2-0, says uh, George Kirsty. What do you reckon? 3-1. 3-1 Pompey win, says Kirsty. Right, okay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go... I don't know. Let's go for a 2-0 Pompey win. Yeah. Yeah. I think Yengi might score if he's... I was thinking that. Yeah. I feel like he'll do one of his nice, like, really high jump headers and just smack it down. I feel like that's... I feel feel like that's what's coming, because I feel like... I'm just preparing myself for Bishop not being there tomorrow. What about the other two goals? Or are they all going to be Yengi headers <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know I haven't really thought too deep Raggett go on <laughs> yes Raggett and I love a short Raggett goal <laughs> uh, Kirsty you're joining us on Pompey Live tomorrow afternoon thank you very much for your contributions tonight it's been great to have you and uh, see you bright and early in the morning because nice. it's going to be a long one it will be thank you so yeah. much Jake see you tomorrow <laughs> George as well um, great to have you on the show um, on the other side of the mic on a, on a football show yeah. on Express for actually allowed to talk about Pompey it's actually allowed nice. to, yeah you're, you're allowed to talk on the show <laughs> rather than just press the buttons tape off exactly yeah. great to have you on thank you very much for coming in thanks for having me right that is all we've got time for this evening but you can get your next football fix in less than 48 hours or less than 24 hours from now Pompey Live returns with full coverage of the Blues rescheduled League One meeting away at Northampton all the unmissable action this is Pompey Live it's back to winning ways for Pompey's men and the ball to the bottom The Blues continue on their travels next, away to Northampton Town in League One. Join us for all of the unmissable action Saturday afternoon from 2. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yep, that's right. Pompey Live back tomorrow afternoon from 2 o'clock. It is a 3 pm kickoff at Six Fields as Pompey pre- prepare to take on Northampton Town away from home in League One. It's a rescheduled fixture from September. And of course, it is FA Cup's second round weekend. Uh, so Pompey weren't actually supposed to be in action. But in all fairness to BFL, they've put their heads together and they've rescheduled this game for a Saturday. So we look forward to bringing you all of the action from Six Fields. Myself, Robbie James, and Kirsty Roxanne will be there 
to bring that to you. There are no other League One fixtures on uh, this weekend. It is just Northampton Town versus Pompey. So the Blues currently level on points with Bolton Wanderers at the top of the table. Bolton do have that goal difference advantage. So a win or even a point tomorrow at Northampton would see the Blues sail to the top of League One return to top spot ahead of that meeting with the Trotters on the 11th of December in front of a Sky TV camera as well. Big thank you to everyone who tuned into the show tonight. Big cheers to Stagecoach across the South for once again supporting this season's edition of the show. School Days with Steve Randall is coming up right after the news at 7. And that is followed by Hip Shaker from 9 through until 11 o'clock this evening. Express Hits takes you through from 11 through until the early hours of tomorrow morning. I'll be back on Monday evening from 6 o'clock with more of the Football Hour and to review what we hope to be another win at Northampton tomorrow. Thank you very much for tuning in. Have a great weekend. And until next time, good night.